Hello, everybody. Greetings from quarantine. And let me tell you, I've had it up to beer with coronavirus. And that's the first and last time you're going to hear me talk about it because we need a reprieve from how much it's getting shoved down our throats and hearing about all these panic purchasing pieces of shit. So... Yes, I'm hoping this pre-podcast breakdown and this video movie recap can just help take our minds off of all that nonsense. And if you're one of those people that have bought an absorbent amount of groceries, 20 stacks of toilet paper and hand sanitizer and whatnot, I implore you to turn this off and go f yourself. But for the rest of us that are just relaxing and trying to resume our lives, please sit back and relax as I do a vigorous movie recap of one of my favorites of all time, the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. Mwah. Okay, the righteous intro is done. Let's begin. Let us begin. And it's been a little bit since I've seen the movie. As you know, this is all off the top of my head. So give me a break. Take a break. What else are you doing? You're stuck in quarantine. So listen up here. Uh, in the beginning... How biblical. Sauron is this, he's a bad boy, and he's about to toss out all these rings. He's like, all right, I took a smithing miner in college. And I'm going to make three rings for the elves, the oldest and wisest and fairest of all beings. Mind you, this is Galadriel narrating this very beginning, and she's just staring, like talking about herself. Just, ooh, look at my ring. F***ing narcissistic, but whatever. Uh, seven to the dwarf lords, great miners and craftsmen of the mountain holes, and nine, nine rings given to the race of men who above all else desired power. But in darkness he massed a dark ring, one ring to rule them all. So he's apparently he's putting on this facade that he's a good guy. He's like, hey, all you lesser beings, take these, take these rings, rule your people. But he's got this one that could rule them all. Very vague, but apparently that's a boo-boo. And it's the fan immediately. More so than any... Oh, I, I just broke my rule. No coronavirus talk here. Hits the fan in Middle Earth, and on the slopes of Mount Doom, a last alliance of men and elves fought for the freedom of Middle Earth. And we see like three rows, cha-cha-cha, 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 of archers just picking off motherfucking orcs from the mountaintops, from the slopes of Mount Doom. It is a badass battle scene. Elrond is down in the trenches. Oh, oh hi! Off me out ceiling! And they're just picking off these orcs, just, you know, God, they're just gimping over like three-legged freaks. Um, and they're just, they're, they're tuning them up. The elves are on the front lines. Men are kind of doing all right. And, uh, like, the narration goes on and just... Uh, the battle seems to be going all right, but then Sauron steps onto the battlefield. He's like 12 feet tall and has this fucking molly whopper of a mace. And then he starts just clubbing people, like, like heaving, I want to say four to five, possibly eight good guys at a time. And they're just getting tuned up. And then uh, the king, the king of Gundor goes up. He's like, well, I'm going to step up. Wham, he gets crushed. Smack. Uh, bad call on your part, Pops, but the son of the king, Isildur, took up his father's sword, touched, like, puts his hand on the hilt, and then Sauron steps on it and just snaps, breaks off. That's Anduril, the flame of the west. It just gets broken apart like that, and then Sauron, instead of just crushing Isildur, 
with his molly whopper, he's like reaches in all close and creepy, and then his shoulders yeah, just closes his eyes and swings for the fences, kind of like uh, God. Barry Bonds? No, he always hit home runs. No, no. Insert baseball player that closes out. Merle. Swing away, Merle. Half-assed baseball player from Signs. Cuts off Sauron's hand, and he's just, oh, he just can't believe it. He got beat by a short sword, the broken sword, and he just explodes. He can't handle it. Clearly, he needs more life experience to handle defeat, learn from it, and move forward, which he kind of does. But uh, Sauron was destroyed. And a chance to destroy all evil from Middle-earth is Sildor takes the ring and then Elrond takes him to the fires of Mount Doom. And we don't really learn about that in the beginning, but uh, the ring has these powers that Galadriel says and the ring besieged whatever she said. I'm trying to use these big words that they're saying, but moving on. This is a 20-hour movie. Excuse me. So we see Sildor just says, F it, this is my ring now because so tempting you know it's like a, a devil devil on Fridays during Lent you just can't say no can you he takes the ring and he gets uh, an orc fist up his ass and by orc fist I mean a couple arrows in his back and he's just he loses the ring and it drops into this lake or this river and the ring of power just kind of disappears from all knowledge uh, Story became legend, legend became myth, and people just forgot about the ring, and bad guys just started revamping. This is hundreds of years, what have you. And then we see this hand dig into this underground, like this mud underwater, and it turns out to be Gollum, and he takes it for how many? 500 years it poisoned his mind. Talk about an addiction, man. He's just sitting there, God knows what. He's doing with that ring for 500 years in the shadows of the mountains, the misty mountains. And eventually Bilbo just kind of comes out of nowhere and takes the ring. We hear, lost, lost, takes the ring because he's a thief. Thou shalt not steal. Bilbo says, nay, I'm going to steal. Just like he's still second. Uh, so he takes it, and the ring ends up going to the Shire. Let's just fast forward through this narration. We've had enough of it. I've had enough of it. And it, we open up into the Shire, a.k.a. the... My friend says, oh, it's just like Cape Hay Valley. I'd say it's kind of like Winters. It's adorable. We've got short, hairy little people living here that like to drink and have a gay old time after farming and delighting themselves with food and drink. <sighs> so let's see here. We have... Frodo, friendly little Frodo, Elijah Wood, back in 1999, this movie came out, and he's reading a book, and he hears this, this wagon start just hustling along this dirt path, and he's like, oh, he's kind of like a little aroused, almost as aroused as I am right now talking about it. He runs up, and there's this old man in a gray robes, gray hat, and a stick, and he's, it's not other than Gandalf the Gray, and Frodo goes up to him, you're late. And then Gandalf's like, <laughs> mind your tongue, you little bitch. A wizard is never late, Frodo Baggins, nor is he early. He arrives exactly when he means to, which is what I should have said. I was never late in class, but other people should have used that excuse. They share a laugh, and then Frodo does a little hop onto the, onto the wagon, gives him a nice warm embrace, and... 
they keep going on. They start catching up. He goes, "What? Tell me of the outside world. Tell me everything. Everything." Uh, they just have a nice, good back and forth. We see the Shire. It's a bright, sunny day. They're out working. They're out hustling. We got guys smoking pipes, hoeing weeds, uh, and. Frodo's like, well, whatever you did, you've been officially labeled a disturber of the peace. Gandalf absolutely disturbs the peace, babe. Who knows how many bastards he's got waltzing around these little half wizard, half name your your race. I guarantee you Gandalf's getting in it. When you're alive for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, I'm pretty sure the human form is just not cutting it anymore. He has very specific tastes, I'm assuming, as a wizard. So anyways, Frodo goes off. They have a nice little back and forth. Don't really say anything. Just They're whispering sweet nothings to each other. And Gandalf goes up the hill to Bag End, and uh, it says no admittance, party planning only, because apparently there's going to be a party of epic proportions. Bilbo's turning 11 and Gandalf knocks on the door with his stick because why would he ever bend over and use his hand and you hear no thank you no well wishes relatives or distance relations something along that effect and he goes but what about very old friends and then Bilbo opens up the door the doorknob is in the exact middle of this circular door makes no sense but they're hobbits so who cares oh Gandalf and they have a hug and they, they walk inside, they start talking. I, I won't give you the specifics, but they're talking. They're, they're boys. They've been on adventures together. And I'm your huckleberry. Gandalf's kind of snooping around because that's what Gandalf does. He's just this nosy, moose nose Ian McKellen. Good Lord, he's, he's sniffing around Bilbo's business. And let's see. Maybe he's privy to the ring a little bit. No, not yet. But they're just talking. Bilbo's just kind of yak, 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 yak. And, oh, would you like some cheese, this and that? Oh, he's just rambling on, but a good host. And uh, he's like, oh, you don't mind if I do, do you? And, uh, lordy, some more relatives come around. They're like, Bilbo Baggins. He goes, I'm not at home. Uh, these confounded relatives hanging on the bell all day, never giving me a moment's peace. And he tells Gandalf that he is, I'm old Gandalf. I know I don't look it, but I'm beginning to feel it in my heart. Like toast, like butter spread over too much toast, something like that. And Gandalf notices that Bilbo is fingering his pocket. He's got something in there. Maybe maybe there's a cutout for his nipple. He's just playing with it. No, Gandalf's a little wiser than that. He knows something's up, but it's all good. The scene changes, and then they're smoking a joint. I wish they were smoking a joint, but it's just their pipes. Bilbo shoots out a classic smoke ring 10 out of 10 you're right if there was like another smoke ring like this it would have been the 10 but then gandalf because he's magical or is that good with his tongue uh blows out a fucking rickety ship goes through the hole and bilbo's like gandalf my old friend this will be a night to remember and boy howdy we see an explosion change scene the nighttime it looks it's like the tractor parade if it's at summertime it's amazing. There's dancing. There's drinking. <laughs> there's just the hobbits know how to party. I would love to party with some hobbits, right? Tyrion would fit in just well there. Why wasn't Tyrion? <sighs> Tyrion was in Lord of the Rings. He'd been one of the best hobbits or members of the Fellowship of the Ring. But let's get back on course. Uh, they're raging, and 
Frodo comes up to Samwise Gamgee, Sean Astin, baby, what's good? He goes, go on, Sam, ask Rosie for a dance. He says, I think I'll just have another ale. Oh, no, you don't. Frodo, great wingman, shoves Sam onto the dance floor, and Rosie picks him up, and they start swing dancing and just picked him up off his feet. It's glorious. And then somewhere along the line, we see Marion Pippin snooping around to get those mischievous little bastards, Meriadoc, Brandybuck, and Pedicrin Duke. Uh, they steal uh, fireworks. They go, oh, no, the big one, the big one, they say. They're stealing fireworks out of the back of Gandalf's crate, who came in apparently from Idaho because he's got a ton of illegal fireworks, and they get this dragon one. They light it. It goes up into the air, and it's all pretty, and then a dragon forms, and it starts swooping down, scaring the shit out of all these hobbits. There is, tables are flipping over. It's like... Some kind of pandemic went over them. Everybody's panicking, not thinking straight, freaking out, and then they all tumble down. The dragon swoops over them and goes up over the lake and then just explodes, baby. It's like the 4th of July. We got these fireworks. Thank you. God, what's her name? Baby, you're a firework. Katy Perry. Yes, sir. Got him. The price is wrong, bitch. Enough Katy Perry talk. Mary and Pippin are, no, they set it off in a f***ing tent, and it takes the tent with them, but anyways, their face is all covered in ash, and then uh, Gandalf finds him, gets him by the ear, Meriadoc Brandybuck, Brand, Meriadoc Brandybuck, and Pedican took, I might have known, and he gets him washing dishes as he's smoking more weed, he's just scowling at him, and then people are yelling, speech, Bilbo, speech! And he's like, oh, my dear baggagebins and hobbits, tooks and brandybucks, tooks. He starts rattling off all these last names, all of his homeboys, uh, raised gals, folgers, and proudfoots. And then I just, I remember this. If you're going to call me out, check it because I know I'm right. The camera is zoomed down at this one fat ass hobbit with a, this camera's like right at the, the bottom of his foot. And he goes, proud feet. And then everybody kind of laughs. It's, it's hilarious. And then uh, Bilbo says this, one of my favorite lines of the movie. I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, but I know half of... Oh, f I fucked up. I don't know half of you half as well as I should like, and I like less than half of you half as well as you deserve. Baffles everybody. Baffled me. But uh, he's talking. He's like, well... Uh, I'm going now, and I wish you all a very fond farewell. He starts whispering, and then he slips the ring on his finger and just disappears. And everybody's kind of freaking out. Woo! And doesn't even say goodbye to Frodo at the end of the day. He just ends up going back up to Bag End. Decides to leave in the middle of the night. Wow. Bad call. Bad call, Bilbo. But uh, Gandalf just happens to materialize. He, like, he's waiting for him in there. I suppose you thought that was terribly clever. And he's like, oh, come on, Gandalf. Did you see their faces? And they speak, and Bilbo, uh, like, Gandalf's like, that, something about the ring starts, again, the nose in Bilbo's business, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna, about to take off. He's like, I think you've had that ring quite long enough. And Bilbo's like, you want it for yourself. And he goes, Bilbo Baggins, do not take me for some conjurer of cheap tricks. I'm not trying to rob you. I'm trying to help you. He first gets all tall and the lighting gets all dark and Bilbo shudders under his might and then they hug it out and Bilbo's about to leave. He's like, yeah, I'll leave it to Frodo. It's all good. And he's about to leave 
And he goes, Bilbo, uh, the ring is still in your pocket. And he's like, oh, right. And he drops it just like a dick. Instead of handing it to him or flicking it to him, he just drops it on the floor and then heads out. And uh, he's like, I think I found an ending for my book. And he lived happily ever after. For the, right. And he lived happily for the rest of his days. Some facsimile thereof. So he's off. And then Frodo comes scurrying home later after getting hammered. <laughs> He comes home and he picks up the ring thinking nothing of it. Before that, Gandalf tries to pick it off, but then you see a flash of the Eye of Sauron. Oh, something's naughty. And Gandalf is so just high out of his mind. He's just puzzling, smoking all day, every day. And uh, he's like, oh, I gotta go, Frodo. And he's like, oh, you only just arrived. He's like, no, I, I have questions. Questions that need answering. And so they hear something outside and he goes, go, get down. Frodo pokes outside the window, and who else but Samwise Gamgee is, uh, he's like, have you been eavesdropping? Because he, he pulls him through the window and slams him on the table. Samwise Gamgee, have you been eavesdropping? I ain't been dropping no eaves, sir. What did you hear? Speak! And, uh, trimming, trimming the weeds under the verge there, if you follow me. So, yeah, Sam's just totally snooping himself. Apparently, this is a movie full of snoops. And it just comes to the part. Let's fast forward. Frodo and Sam are about to take off on this journey and Gandalf is no not yet at some point Gandalf goes to Midas Tirith aka the White City at the third movie within one montage he goes there and comes back with the answers that he sought and he goes is it secret is it safe uh, <laughs> Frodo has it he's oh sure he has it in this envelope tosses it in the fire pulls it out and he goes pull up your hand Frodo it is quite cool Drops it in Frodo's hand. He's like, ooh, it is quite cool. And he's like, do you see anything? And uh, he's like, oh, it's some form of Elvish. I can't read it because it's, it's kind of cool. It's like lit up across his face. It's a beautiful Mordor script. I got to say, for such a place, beautiful looking language. And he says it is a uh, language of that of Mordor, which I will not utter here. As it says, uh, uh, one ring to rule them all, one ring to find them, one ring to bring them all, and in the darkness, find them. And Gandalf doesn't want that kind of power because Frodo's like, I'm giving it to you. Don't tempt me, Frodo. With it, I would have the intention to do good, but with it, a power I could wield more terrible than you could possibly imagine. Well, it sounds kind of arrogant to me because, honestly, I've seen some powerful wizards. My top ten, you are like number, maybe number five. There are more powerful wizards out there, sir, with more ambition or more pride or pride in themselves and their discipline. Apparently... You're just an eye guy, Gandalf. But uh, so Sam and Frodo take off. They're camping, living off the lamb. Sam takes that step forward. If I take another step, it's farthest away from home I've ever been. <sighs> Frodo takes them and they get going. And then at some point, so they're, they take off. They're on their trek. Uh, Gandalf goes to Isengard to get some consulting from his homeboy, Saruman the White, you know, a confidant, the, uh, it's like, uh, good lord, LeBron James riding to, uh, to see Michael Jordan, except, uh, we find out that Michael Jordan's totally corrupt and evil, and he says, yo, we need to side with Sauron because Naughty. all these other guys, these men and elves, they a bunch of bitches, and you gave the ring to a hobbit? Are you stupid? I gotta agree with Saruman, like, <laughs> if I was a betting man, 
you go with the orcs. You go with the armies of hundreds and thousands. And he says, yo, Gandalf, like, let's hop on the winning side. Let's form this super team. <laughs> Maybe Sar Sauron is... Sauron is LeBron. I'm thinking Saruman is D-Wade. God, who, who is Chris... Uh, Chris Bosch. Ah, who cares? But anyways, he's trying to farm a super team with Sauron. And uh, no, now I got it. It's 2020. Let's be let's be relevant. Sauron is LeBron, and Saruman is totally Anthony Davis. Right? We got a super team rolling, and then oh uh, god, who would Gandalf be? Uh, who cares? But Gandalf's like, I don't want to form the super team. I'm about to stick it out with these boys I've been with in the past, like. When did Saruman the Wise abandon reason for madness? And then they start having it out. Wizard fight, boom. Gandalf loses. Big surprise. And he gets stuffed, like, stuck up top on the top of Isengard. He's in timeout. Meanwhile, Frodo and Sam are scurrying across the land. They run into Merry and Pippin. Just, they're on these wacky, sexual, funny adventures. So all four of them are like, all right, let's team up. Kind of, they're forced to stick together because when they form, they tumble down this hill. Hilarity ensues. I think I've broken something, says Mary. And it just turns out to be a carrot. You've been in the fall, my maggots crop. They're still in crops. Mary and Pippin are pieces of shit. And it's almost poetic justice that a Nazgul comes around, scares the crap out of them. Frodo starts freaking out. They're hiding under this ditch, and the Nazgul's like <laughs> snooping, snooping. Good lord. And uh, Frodo's about to put on the ring, and then Sam's like, uh, maybe it's not Sam. I think it is Sam. And then somebody throws a bag that distracts the Nazgul. This otherworldly being of infinite power, cannot die, immortal, gets fooled by a bag tossed in the brush. He's looking over the edge. You didn't see this bag flying out. Apparently, your super cool hood allows for no peripheral vision. God damn it, Nazgul. Step your game up. But the hobbits escape. Oh, what was that? Uh, Frodo, so things get a little serious. They start squealing and running. It's nighttime now because naughty. So it happens after the daytime. And they're running, and we, we got to get to Bree. They're trying to get to Bree, and they're like, okay, the Buckleberry Fairy. I think that's what it is. The hobbits are running. For some reason, Frodo's cardio is just not even up to par. He's the last one. The, all the other three hobbits are on that ferry. They're undoing the ropes, and the Nazgul are just hauling ass after him, and Frodo... Somehow, it must have been like three inches, but for a hobbit, it's more like, you know, he did the triple jump and just lands his PR on the ferry. I like that, and they get out of there, and apparently water is just a no-go for Nazgul. You're immortal, but you can't swim. Wow. Oh, shit. So, thank God for these rules, right? Thank God for these author-written rules. So, they get to... They get to Bream. And I want to make a meme of the gate guy just getting completely crushed by the gate. But anyways, they go to the Prancing Pony, and uh, they go in. Frodo starts talking to the bartender. He's like, oh, uh, what, what do I owe the pleasure? He doesn't say that, but some nice cozy hobbits, mister. And then Frodo says, Underhill, lies. He's not Mr. Underhill. He's like, oh, uh, we're looking for Gandalf the Grey. Oh, yeah, oldly Frodo. Great big beard, pointy hat. And Frodo's like, yeah, that's him. I ain't seen him for six months. What? And something's going on. Gandalf ain't there, so they're freaking out. And they're like, okay, what do we do? Uh, let's just start drinking, naturally. 
this, my friend, is a pint. Mary introduces it to Pippin. Oh, I'm getting one. A pint. Just, just the way he looks, a pint. Makes me want a pint. It sounds like that fellow over there has been nothing but staring us since we got here. Something. And it's over across the way, and we see who we later find out is Strider. He's smoking his weed, and he's got his hood on, and he inhales. The, the weed inside it lights up and we see a gleam. It glows a faint flame of light over his face, but he's still so sexy and mysterious. And they talk to the barkeep. He's like, oh, that's one of them rangers. Uh, his real name, I know not, but around here he's known as Strider. Strider. And so... Mary, no, Pippin in the meantime starts acting a fool. Like, oh yes, Baggins, Frodo Baggins. He's over there like points him out, points across, it's rude to point, and then he says this, Frodo Baggins, Frodo Baggins, uh, I think they're cousins on my mother's side, and Frodo's like, what the f*** are you doing, bro, this is our business, and then he's like tugging his arm, and Mary's, uh, Pippin's like, oh, that's nice, and then Frodo just bumbles, falls back, flings the ring up into the air, and then meanwhile Strider's like, oh. uh, Fro uh, Frodo reaches out his hands, that classic, camera zooming down and he reaches up and the ring just happens up bing, and he disappears no! disappears and uh sorry my my phone is totally buzzing right now while i'm trying to record i'm not answering so anyways i don't know if that's going to stop the video one second okay i'm back I'm really back. So, what happened was my phone was buzzing and it ran out of memory storage, but that's okay. I went and just started deleting some shit. I had to make some tough choices and deleting some photos that I've been holding on forever and videos. But guess what? Those that survived are meant to be there, and now I have like 10 gigs on my iPhone Ocho. So where were we? Uh, Frodo disappears and all hell breaks loose. Somehow Aragorn, sorry, excuse me. Strider comes and gets him, and uh, he's like, the f*** are you doing, bro? Like, I know what's going on here, mother Like, he takes him up into his sex dungeon upstairs. It makes no sense, but upstairs room, and he tosses him on the ground like he's trash, like he's hobbit trash. And he goes, uh, good lord, what does he say? Uh, he's like, uh, Frodo's like, oh, what do you want? He goes, a little more caution from you. There's no trinket you carry. Frodo says, I carry nothing. Indeed. Says Eric Strider. And, uh, he's like, I could avoid being seen if I wish. And he puts out a candle with his fingertips. When I was a lad looking at that, I was like, holy sh**. This is a madman we're dealing with here. And, uh, he goes, yeah, I could avoid being seen if I wish, but to be, but to disappear entirely. That is a rare gift. Takes off his hood, shows his flowing, beautiful hair. And then there's a knock on the door and Sam, Mary, and Pippin come in. Sam has like a, like a chair. He goes, ah, it's nothing. Just a bunch of hobbits. He goes, you have courage, but that will not save you. Yada, yada, yada. Aragorn and Strider ends up taking care of him. And the next thing we see are the, the, the ring race knocking down the, the gate. And the gatekeeper's like, oh, what's going on? Oh! He just gets crushed like the sub-character bitch that he is. And the wraiths go into the, the prancing pony. And the bartender's just totally just freaking out. I'd be freaking out. Apparently, they beget fear. No matter where they're around, they just everybody around them just fears for their life. It is the most utter and soul-shattering fear you've ever felt. But not Aragorn. He's too strong-willed, baby. 
and they pull the the producers all uh Oh God, Peter Jackson pulls a little sneaky on us, getting us all scared, tugging on our heartstrings. The Nazgul go down, you see the Hobbit sleep, and then they start just, just gutting him, but then you see Sam, and you think, oh my God, the Hobbits are just getting stabbed to death. But it turns out they're just pillows. Fooled ya, Nazgul, you immortal pieces of shit. You just got got by Strider, the classic pillow in place of the Hobbit's trick. And he says, ring race, uh, they are neither living nor dead. They will never stop hunting you. And then there's a nice little montage. They go into the wild, says Aragorn, and then Merry and Pippin. There's a nice little back and forth thing. Uh, yeah, what about breakfast? Naughty. Strider says, we've already had it. Yeah, but what about second breakfast? And Aragorn <laughs> Strider says, fuck that. He just keeps walking. The Hobbit, this is all non-issue. It doesn't matter. Throws an apple at him. Comic relief. Thank you. And they go to the great watchtower of Amonsun. Amonsun, yeah. Well, what used to be the great watchtower. And Aragorn is just, you know, f it's Aragorn. F this Strider nonsense. I can't remember it. And he starts, he's going to secure the perimeter. He's going to leave the hobbits all alone, knowing they're just feeble little turds. So Frodo's asleep, and then he wakes up to the smell of crispy bacon, and Sam, Mary, and Pippin are just having a cookout, giving away their position like the bumbling strategic fools that they are. And uh, he's like, what are you doing? Oh, they're making nice crispy bacon. We saved some for you, Mr. Frodo. And then the unappreciative twat that Frodo is goes, put it out, you fools, put it out. Idiot. Somebody's got to be mature around there. Apparently that's Frodo. When Frodo's the leader, you got some problems. So they put it out, those fools, they put it out, but it's too late. You hear a squeal like uh, some 50-year-old fat-ass mom of 20 lives in a trailer before going into a Walmart on Black Friday. You hear a screech, and the race are a-coming. The race are coming, and they corner them. Mary and Pippin get tossed away. Sam gets too good. Ting, ting, and he gets, he gets tossed away. Frodo stumbles again, puts on the ring, and he sees... The Nazgul in a different form. Instead of all black, they are all white. And they're just kind of flowing. When he puts on the ring, everything's all fuzzy and just flowing. And he's like, what's going on? And then one steps out and he's like, I'm going to reach for the ring. And Frodo's like, no, it's mine. He's like, bitch, got him. Just sticks him in the shoulder with the Nazgul blade. He's like, ah, takes off the ring. And then out of nowhere, no, no, Aragorn comes out of nowhere and starts flinging his flames around and takes on these Nazgul by himself, a feat that Gandalf couldn't accomplish on Shadowfax with all of his powers because the Nazgul's on his little dragon thing. I think, God, Gandalf, what a bitch, what a bitch. Overhyped, I'd say. But Aragorn fights him off and then he starts taking him. Frodo's just miserable. It's like a hangover he's never felt before. Is he going to die, they ask. And then out of nowhere, Arwen, Eowyn, Arwen, it's Arwen, she comes in, this nice elf, a little love interest between her and Aragorn. Uh, she's like, I'm faster, let me take him to my father, let me take my people, let me take him to Rivendell. And so she starts hustling, leaves all the Aragorn and the other turds uh, in the dust. Meanwhile, the Nazgul chase after her in a pretty epic, nice chase scene montage. Naughty. They're closing in, she's on a beautiful white horse, pursued by these... By all these Nazgul, that would make a great meme. Arwen and Frodo as that little white porn star with those <laughs> five giant black dudes behind her. That one, but in place of them, they'd be the Nazgul. 
Yeah, moving on. Moving on. We're not even close to being done here. We're 30 minutes into it. Uh, she gets to Rivendell. It's very epic. And all. I, I guess Elrond summons all... Elrond and Gandalf summon these horse riders that come through the river and they wash away the Nazgul. It's, it's, it's nice. Frodo didn't start... He can't handle it. And then he blacks out. And he wakes up, just a glorious awakening scene in this place called Rivendell. Bilbo's there, everybody's happy, Gandalf's there, he explains why he couldn't make it to the Prancing Pony, because he, just, he got bitched by Saruman, and he just hops off the edge, and the eagles, ta- the eagles saves him, and he gets to Rivendell. So let's fast forward. There's yeah, a little love interest, Aragorn and Eowyn, Arwen. Arwen, and they summon the God. What happens? There's a council. The Council of Elrond comes along. We see Legolas, aka Orlando Bloom, in his beautiful flowing hair. The elves are represented. Excuse me. Aragorn's already there. Men are represented. Then Boromir shows up. The son of the steward of Gondor. So they're representing, and Gimli and a couple other jackasses show up, aka. John Rice Davies, Sean Bean. It's just the crew has shown up. And Elrond says, uh, God, friends of old, we've been answered here to we've been summoned here to answer the threat of Mordor. And they found out you can't just destroy the ring. Gimli tries to take an axe to it. Nope, you get bounced back because you a bitch. Uh, everybody starts arguing. Uh, God, one does not simply that meme incredible, even go even though when he's like this, he's saying, It is a gift from the foes of Mordor. That is not why not use this power? Let's just use it against him. He wants it for Gundor. Like, I get it, but you cannot wield it. None of us can. The ring answers to the one master alone. And he's like, what would a mere ranger know of this? And then Orlando Bloom just gets up and says, this is no mere ranger. This is Aragorn, son of Arathorn. You owe him your allegiance. He goes, Aragorn? Oh, it's some dramatic shit going on. Gundor has no king. Gundor needs no king. Bormir steps up. Hell of a warrior. Hell of a guy. Anyways, there's some yak 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 and go on a lot of bureaucracy, but eventually they find out they are just gonna give the ring to Frodo because why not? A hobbit, nobody uh, nobody says no. Elrond doesn't take the ring. Elrond doesn't join the Fellowship of the Ring. You have my sword. You have whether my life or death. You have my sword and you have my bow and my axe. Says Gimli, and you carry the fate of his old little one. Says Boromir. This is the will, indeed the will of the council, then Gundo will see it done. Let's go. They put aside their differences and they're about it, even though Gimli's like, I'll be dead before I see the ring in the hands of an elf. Oh, boy. Middle Earth and your politics, let me tell you. But then they just step up. They put their differences aside because they know that they need to get this shit done. So then we hear this epic, da, 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 da. It is the Fellowship of the Ring. Merry and Pippin sneak their way in. So does Sam. Everybody's down. So is Bill. So technically, there's like 10 bros on this trip. No girls allowed. They start going, and they realize they're being, like, they're being followed by the spies of Saruman because all these, these, there's a, it's a bunch of birds, crows, and they know they're being watched, and then uh, they decide, all right, we're going to go over the the Pass of Karahas. 
That just ends up being a shitty idea. It turns out Legolas is weightless as an elf just walking over the snow. It turns out like they're having a bad time. Meanwhile, Boromir is forging somewhat of a relationship with Merry and Pippin, teaching them how to fight a little bit. But they go into the mountains, and Gandalf and Saruman just start having a rap battle, a wizard rap battle. It's more of like a glorious orchestra. These, these bards, they think they're bards, but Saruman wins yet again, dumps a bunch of snow on him. Oh no. Uh, after that, they're just gonna go, it. let's go to the mines of Moria. We'll, we'll let the ring bearer decide, and Frodo says Moria, because he's weak. They go to Moria, and they're stuck by this gate. Gimli's got a hard on because he says, yo, we're about to have a royal welcome in the mines of Moria. Uh, speak friend and enter. Gandalf can't figure out the puzzle. It's a nice moonlit night and it shines like the gate is just glowing this beautiful white and Frodo realizes, okay, it's a riddle. Speak friend and enter. Gandalf, what's the Elvis word for friend? Belloc. And it starts opening. Meanwhile, Pippin is just throwing rocks into the water like an angry little bitch. He, he just can't stand it, you know? His phone's dead. There's nothing else to do. He's quarantined. He's going to throw rocks in the puddle. And Aragorn's like, do not disturb the water. A wake starts coming up, and then this giant squid-like creature starts shooting out after they go in and realize this is a dungeon. It's a tomb. All these, or, all these uh, dwarf skeletons, they got tuned up. Legolas identifies by the by arrow tip. Goblins! Throws it away. We should never have come here. We make for the Gap of Rohan. Why not do that in the first place? Holy shit. So anyways, uh, at that point, the calamari start, the giant calamari starts attacking. Uh-oh. What's up? Oh, oh. Ah, you mother The next one will kill you. Oh, son of a bitch. All right, we've dodged yet another interruption. Just had to show father where the tennis rackets are. Excuse me. Moving forward. Calamari attacks. Some tentacles are totally severed. And arrows are shot. He The calamari almost kills them all. But alas, they get into the mines. Commands Gandalf. They get in there. And there is no other path. They must go through the mines of Moria. Be on your guard, for there are older and fouler things than orcs in the dark corners of the world. So they keep marching. It's dark. It's gloomy. Uber scary, because there ain't no light except the tip of Gandalf's staff. The price is wrong, bitch. Ugly looking staff, might I add. So he's down there. I don't get how he gets that staff back, by the way, because Saruman totally bitches him and takes it. So maybe he stopped on his way down on the eagle to get it and then leave again. I don't know. Movie magic. Special effects. He got his staff back. Naughty. And then he says, I have no memory of this, pla no memory of this place. Gandalf, you hundreds of years old. You have no memory of this place. And so they're just kind of chilling, start smoking weed. And Frodo realizes, oh, Smeagol, this, what, who is that? And then he goes, it's Gollum. Uh, Gollum. So that's how the Nazgul start heading after the hobbits in the first place, because they start torturing Gollum to his delight. And he yells, Shia Baggins. And so he realizes, Frodo's like, oh, I wish Bilbo would have killed him when he had the chance. Not really. Uh, there's some good philosophical conversation where Gandalf's like, well, some that, uh, some that die deserve life. Some, some that live, some that die deserve life. Some that live deserve death. Uh, 
Are you going to give that to them, Frodo? Don't be so quick to dish out uh, death and judgment. And it's cool. He goes, uh, all we got to do in this life is decide what to do with the time that is given to you. Like Bilbo was meant to find the ring. And it's like, what happens, happens. It's kind of a, a cool sentiment and outlook on life. But all that aside, I'll get into that later. If not, no, probably not. Because we're talking about the story itself. Uh, Gandalf start, you know, starts. Ah, it's that way. And then Mary's like, he's remembered. No, the air doesn't smell so far that way. When in doubt, uh, always follow your nose. And by God, follow that nose, that giant f***ing moose nose, Ian McKellen. But anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, they start moving forward and... The halls of Moria are pretty dope. He's like, I think we can risk a little more light. Brightens the light, and they're in these halls. Gimli has a heart on, and he goes, whoa. And he starts going rogue. He starts running off because he sees this open room, and he just runs in. Gandalf's not having it, but they got to follow the emotional dwarf. He goes in there and realizes all his boys uh, got killed. Who, who's Balin? We see Balin in the Hobbit series. That's where he meets his end in Moria. Because Gandalf starts reading the book, and it's kind of desperate. He goes, like, they're everywhere. We barred the gates. Uh, there is no escape. And Perry, uh, Pippin, that stupid bitch, knocks over this one skeleton, and he just goes tumbling into this well. There's a well and a mountain? All right. And it makes this loud, echoing noise. Everybody's kind of shuddered and shocked, and... Gandalf says, throw yourself in next time and rid us of your stupidity. You bumbling fool. Why would you ever do that? But he did it anyways. And then they start hearing some screeching in the background. Some people are coming. They have a cave troll, apparently. They know the orcs are coming. They, they close the gate, and there's an epic battle scene. Frodo gets gutted. Uh, and so uh, it goes off. Shit in the fan. The, the, the hobbits are fighting. Everybody's fighting. Everybody's doing their part. Except for Frodo. I don't see him getting one kill. Not a one. And the cave troll comes in. And Aragorn's trying his best. He has a spear. Guts it. And he gets tossed to the side. And then he gets gutted by the spear. Frodo looks like he's dead. And everybody's all grief stricken that this little bitch who's not pulling his weight gets gutted. And they take care of the cave troll. Legolas just, you know, he's he's taking his shots. And then I think one of the hobbits stabs the cave troll in the back. He's like, ah. Oh, and then Legolas lets two fly right in his throat. Ooh. It's a big, you know, you're done. Boom, fatality. Legolas with the highest kill count to date. And Frodo is, <laughs> I skipped a lot in Rivendell. Bilbo's there. He has that scene. He gives uh, Frodo um, Sting. Actually, un memento. He gives him Sting, his sword that glows blue when orcs are near, and Mithril, which is a nice elvish chainmail that apparently stopped the fucking uh, spear from just going through him. That spear would have skewered a white bull and Frodo's like, oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Like, okay. So here's seeing the letter opener. I got it in uh, Seattle. Shout out to Pedro Martin Luis del Campo. Yeah, I really, I've opened like maybe five letters with this. I just like staring at it. Does not glow blue when orcs are near, but I haven't seen any orcs, so maybe it does. I don't know. It's like 
Cool. I wonder what the, the Wi-Fi range on it is. But anyways. <sighs> Moving forward. They realize there's a lot more of these motherfuckers coming for them. So the Fellowship of the Ring, they're like, all right, let's get. And so they're hustling throughout the halls of Moria. And they get surrounded by what looks like goblins. And they're surrounded. They're about to die. Like, I don't know why the goblins stopped. Those guys were fucked. And the Belrog essentially saves their lives because out in the distance we see this glowing light and they all start freaking out. All the goblins leave. And uh, Boromir goes up to Gandalf like, what is this new devilry? Demlery? Devilry? I'm not sure exactly what he says. But he's like, what the f*** is going on? And Gandalf, you know it's going... What are you looking at your thoughts for? He gets... Uh, the Balrog of Morgoth. This foe is beyond any of you, he says arrogantly. Run! Why not fight him in there, Gandalf? It's a big open area, but they start running. Idiot. Excuse me. And they start heading down these steps, and it's a giant, massive open cavern, and these steps are going down. And they start jumping over, like, a gap about yay big. You could easily have stepped over but no they all gotta go one by one instead of hustling and then some arrows are flying in orcs are on the side legless lets it fly starts whipping that ass he's getting like 500 yard shots just right between the f***ing eyes it's amazing i think aragorn shoots off a couple but there's a dope like behind mid-air flight wha-bam do not f*** with legless he gonna get you and he gets people for three movies plus and anyways, nobody tosses a dwarf, uh, but they end up tossing the dwarf anyways. Not the beard! He grabs him by the beard because Gimli's just such a fat shit. He tries to... No, he doesn't get tossed. He jumps, but he's clearly unathletic and needs assistance. So he gets across, and then it's just Frodo and Aragorn. And just, you know, because it's movie time, the a massive boulder comes and crushes their escape from behind. Like, they're going to go backwards. So now they're on this platform... Space, the rest of the steps, space, the other side, and this massive just heap of stairs is just teetering. And he goes, lean forward like you're going to lean forward and dictate the direction of this massive slab, but apparently they do. Going forward, da, 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 and they get on. It's a great epic move. They start going down the steps. They save and continue. And they're running, and they get to this little bridge, that tiny, thin bridge. You're wondering, why is that bridge so thin? Well, tell me, I'll tell you what, I'm used to thin things. That bridge is super skinny because from what I recall in the books, whenever there's like a war or fight or battle going on, if there's an enemy that needs to cross that bridge, they got to go one by one. That's why it's so thin, but the Fellowship just easily traverses and the Balrog's behind him and Gandalf's like, I'm going to get these XP points. All y'all get the hell out of here. You shall not pass. Boom. He's like the Bay Bridge tall booth. You piece of shit. You shall not pass. The Balrog does not pass. He ends up faltering and falling and Gandalf's like, Ugh. and then he turns around and then, and then he gets hooked by the ankle. Whoa. Probably you fools. And then Gandalf's like, I'm going after him. Just falls down the cavern, which is pretty sad. Pretty sad. Frodo's, no! It's sad music time. We hear the sad music. Aragorn! Aragorn is in disbelief. Like, the fuck just happened? LeBron James just... No, it's not LeBron James. Whoever Gandalf is. He's not Steph Curry. 
I will figure that out later. Falls down the cavern, goes to kill the Balrog. Uh, but the Fellowship thinks he's dead. His goose is cooked. They get out of the mines. They're all sad. And everyone's like, yo, get your asses up. Boromir, the softy, says, give them a moment for pity's sake. By nightfall, this hills will be swarming with orcs. Aragorn, you ain't wrong. You ain't wrong. So get on your feet, Sam. All of y'all get up. We're going into the forest. Into the woods. Into the woods. And uh, Gimli says, stay close, young hobbits. Uh, there's an elf witch that lives in here. Just so misgiving and racist, this Gimli. He's like, well, here's one dwarf they won't ensnare so easily. They have the eyes of a hawk and the ears of a fox. And then, whoo, like, as soon as he's done, the ear, the eyes of a hawk and the ears of a fox. And then he just literally looks up and there's an arrow just right in his fat face. Larry Brown. Uh, it's a Jim Rome quote, Jim Rome reference. So other than that, uh, the dwarf is breathing so loud he could have shot him in the dock. It is, God, what is that elf's name? Wow. Elendil? I think so. If not, you know, it's the, it's it's an elf. He's like the leader. He goes, the lady is waiting for you. So they take him into this beautiful for another elvish commune. And they're all in the trees. Uh, Mirkwood. It's Mirkwood. They're all there. The commune is in the trees. They go and see Galandril, and then that other guy that quote just—he's just so pretentious and just floating. And he goes, "Where is Gandalf? For I very much desire to speak with him." Oh, if you wanted to speak with him, you should have shut up to Rivendell. You turn. Uh, he is lost. Galadriel's uh, like, "Yo, some shit went down." Gandalf dropped the ball, and his self—he went down the pit. So. There's some talking going on, and Frodo goes down. Eventually, he goes, all right, we're going to chill here. We're going to sleep. Frodo goes and starts snooping on Galadriel. He, and oh, like, look inside this nice bowl I have. Ooh, it's going to tell you the future. Frodo looks in. He sees all of his boys, and it's, it's looking kind of bleak. She's like, uh, you know, she tells him, like, they'll... Uh, it, it's gloomy news. Sorry, what she says exactly escapes me, but it, it's gloom and doom. And he goes, I will give you the one ring. He doesn't say they're speaking through the mind telepathically. And she goes, uh, I cannot deny my heart has greatly desired this. And instead of a dark lord, you will have a queen. And she starts just freaking out. You're not terrible, but as beautiful as the dawn. Uh, all shall love me and despair. And she comes back to it she like has her moment we all have our moments and she says i passed the test you pass the test you about to take the ring i say you pass the test with like a d minus your parents are gonna be talking with you at home you might have to go in for extra you definitely didn't pass the benchmark that's for goddamn sure <sighs> benchmarks leave left you back in high school so the next morning comes i assume frodo and Gladriel made love that's only logical explanation for what happened the rest of that evening and she gives them lambas bread probably gives frodo the light of elindia let it be your light when all others go out and gives all the other guys a nice little brooch you know she hooks him up with some cool little little elvish treats little little knickknacks and they she sends them on their way they're in these canoes and they're rowing down this nice little, it looks kind of like Lake Solano, except a lot wider and more beautiful. Lake Solano's pretty goddamn gorgeous. See a kayaker out there, right? Meow. It's springtime. It's kayaking season, baby. But I digress. Excuse me. So 
they're back at it. They pass by those two giant statues. They're holding out their hands. Oh, my. And I don't know. It's like morale's pretty low. They just got kicked in the nuts in Moria. So they they pull off to the side. They start making camp. And uh, Gimli's very upset with their their method, like wh- which route they're taking on the GPS. He goes, oh, uh, you know, after that, it gets even better. Festering, stinking. Oh, it's... He's pissed off because where they're going to go, they're going to go through razor-sharp rocks. It's a nice, shitty, uh, mountainous area. And after that, festering, stinking marshland as far as the eye can see. That is all road. I suggest you get some road, Master Gimli. And recover your strength. Recover my... Gimli's pissed off. He gets no say. Aragorn's now calling the shots. This ain't a democracy. Nobody has has say. Uh, And then... Uh, Legolas is like, we gotta get out of here. Aragorn says, no, we've... Their orcs patrol the eastern shore, and I realize that I've completely skipped over the fact that Saruman is amassing this little orc army that apparently orcs just kind of come out of the ground. That it, It's just... Instead of having to birth them or whatever, there's a giant scene of Isengard is just under... Uh, the orcs just come in and they've just industrialized the place. They're tearing down all the trees. They've dug their tunnels. They're gnawing, scratching. They're, they're. I mean, credit to the orcs. They are engineers. They are engineers. They're fighting. We get the the theme music and Sauron says, "Build me an army worthy of Mordor." And for right now, Saruman's just working on this this little uh, hunting party. I, I would say there's about 200 orcs there. 200, 300. There's a lot. And apparently, if you just dig in the ground deep enough, you're going to get some NFL linebackers that just come out ready to fight. Goddamn, Urukai. Uh, the first thing that this one does, he comes out and just starts strangling another orc to death. And, uh, whom do you serve? Solomon. And they're like, these are like Raiders fans. They're just getting painted on the face. They're getting armored up, baby. That's when they're back in Oakland. I don't know how the Raiders fans will be looking like in Vegas, but if they was still in Oakland, they'd be looking like the Urukai that go after the Fellowship. Oh God. So let's get back on track. Frodo is. You know, he's a high-value target, and he's just going to go off by himself, wandering, walking, and then Boromir's out fetching wood. He is the son of the steward of Gondor, and he's still doing his part. He is gathering firewood. That is a selfless individual. He is a f***ing awesome member of the team. He does all the little things, and he even tells Frodo, none of you should wander alone, you least of all. Frodo, and he starts having a conversation like, oh, there's other paths we might take, like, if you would but lend me the ring. Like, all right, Boromir wants the ring. He's thirsty. He's thirsty for it, and Frodo's like, you anoint yourself. Like, you're some kind of self-righteous dingleberry that doesn't F it all up towards the end. If it weren't for Sam, if it weren't for Sam this whole thing would go to shit, but you're lucky. You're lucky that at this point, you know, you haven't been as corrupted by the ring, but Boromir tries to take it. Frodo, give me the ring. He goes, no. He's like a little brother and a bigger brother trying to get like a Pokemon card or something. He puts on the ring, slaps Boromir, and he slips and he realizes, oh, I fucked up. Frodo, I'm sorry. He realizes his folly, but would he do it again? Unfortunately, we'll never see. Frodo starts running around and (laughs) uh, 
he ends up like falling back. He runs up these steps and then falls backwards. He is a bumbling fool, Frodo Baggins. A fool. Fool of a toque. And Aragorn's there. Frodo's like, no, stay away. And Aragorn's like, bro, like, it's me. It's your boy, Strider. And Frodo's like, yo, it's ta the ring's taken Boromir. And at that point, Aragorn realizes, okay, the fellowship is completely kaput. No bueno. And he says, I would have gone with you to the end, to the very fires of Mordor. Because Frodo offers it to him, and Aragorn's like, get that shit out of my face. Get it out of here. And then he sees that Sting is glowing blue. He's like, run. Run, get the fuck out of here. And he turns the corner and there's that giant hunting party of orcs. Two to three hundred strong. And he starts going to town. What a battle. That was such a dope battle. He comes, starts fighting. Uh, Gimli and Legolas, they start turning up. What a great fight it is. Uh, Frodo starts running down a hill. He trips and falls, whatever. Merry and Pippin, like, hey, come with us. Frodo's like, no. And Frodo just ends up going away. Excuse me. I'll stop talking about him. He just goes his own little path. Merry and Pippin form a diversion by saying, hey, over here, over here. All the orcs are just flying down the hill. What a dope cinematography. Not a single pixel of CGI in sight. A bunch of dudes in suits. A bunch of, uh, uh, say, what are they called? Stuntmen, and apparently John Rice davies a.k.a. Gimli, would be like, uh, he would never practice the fighting sequences. He'd be like, all right, uh, first I hit you, 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 and you. And he didn't give a shit. He just mollywhopped these guys. Wham, breaking noses, and was just a dick, but <laughs> whatever. If you're the star, you can do whatever you want. What are you going to do, fire him? No way, Jose. So they're fighting their asses off. Boromir comes in clutch, saves Merry and Pippin, and starts blowing the Horn of Gundor. Aragorn is in some sticky situations, and luckily he's got his boys get his back. And there's an amazing single shot where Aragorn starts running down the hill, and the camera is over him, and it's definitely on like an NFL kind of zip line, and the camera just pans over everybody. There's orcs running around, there's people, there's body parts flying. Not really, there's just regular fighting, but everybody's going towards the horn. The orcs are going towards the horn of Gundor. Meanwhile, Boromir is slapping them around like the orc bitches that they are, hewing and parrying and blocking. Merry and Pippin are throwing rocks. They're doing okay, but they're getting horribly outnumbered. Soon enough, that uh, alpha orc shows up. Boom, pops them with an arrow. Boromir's like, oh shit. That hurt, but not enough. I'm still going. And he starts just hacking him. Boom, he's pulling a Ronnie Lott. He gets hit with another arrow. Fuck it, like the equivalent Ronnie Lott bit off his finger to keep on playing. Boromir doesn't give a shit. Two arrows, not enough. My health meter is still right here. I got more. And he's still just hacking and killing. And then the third one's like, okay, that hurt. Splits the horn of Gundor in half. Merry and Pippin are abducted. And he's totally like, what happens to Boromir, he needs the revive. You know, he's like in Cod, he's on his knees. He needs to get revived. His, t his little meter is going down and that last orc just walks up to him. Hold on. Walks up to him and he just pulls, notches the arrow, 
pulls back. I just love the sound that an arrow makes, like the string. He's about to kill. He's about to get that kill. His KD ratio is about to be 1-0 on this bout. Nope, Aragorn comes flying in. Shing, the tackles him from the side. A great hit. That'd be a replay on ESPN. Saves him. What a great fight it is. That orc is pretty studly. Pulls a shield, throws it, and somehow lodges on either side of Aragorn's throat. I don't get how he's not dead, but he's pinned up against the tree, and the orc just comes, swings, and misses. Hey, Eric! Aragorn sneaks around. It's a great fight, and he gets punched. Stabs him in the leg, that just massive, meaty, purplish, black thigh of the orc. And he's like, ow. Punches Aragorn, like throws him away. Rips the dagger about yay big out of his leg and just throws a pitch. Aragorn, ping, foul tips it away. And it's just, a you're, you're having your orc sword versus a pissed off fucking Aragorn who's just coming at you from all directions at once. Parry, parry, parry. Cuts your arm off, shoves it in your gut, and that orc kind of goes out like a badass, pulls him in like, fuck you, and Aragorn says, okay, wow, cuts his head off. That orc, as badass as he kind of was, I guess his KD ratio is one to one. Came out even for the squad. For somebody so badass, I think he could have done a little bit better, but uh, unfortunately for Boromir, his uh, revive meter has completely come to an end, and Aragorn, with his substantial KD ratio, no Ds, only Ks, uh, goes up, and it's very sentimental, and he's like, well, you did what I could not. Uh, Aragorn promises, I will not... I will not let the White City fall. That's one thing I will not let happen. They had their differences, but hey, like we're cool now. We're, we're boys of Gundor. Them boys of Gundor. And then Legolas and Gimli come by. They do their job. And it's very sad. Boromir dies. I got you for three minutes. Three minutes of heat time. Anyways, uh, Frodo, meanwhile, is like, okay, I'm just going to take off. I'm going to steal one of these canoes by myself. And Sam's like, Mr. Frodo! Uh, you can't go anywhere. I'm going alone, Sam. Like, you're gonna go alone, Frodo. You have not the skill. N-A-U-G-H-T, the skill, you little bitch. So he's going out, and Sean Astin, a.k.a. Sam, well, sure you're going, and I'm coming with you. He wades into the water, and I was told by a reliable source that during filming, Sean Astin sliced the fuck out of his foot as he was wading into that water. Ow, fuck, that would have hurt like hell, but... You know, eventually he starts drowning. He just, he's so aimlessly loyal. He just goes into the water and starts drowning. And luckily, Frodo saves him. And they get across. The remaining three of the Fellowship, uh, they're across. And Lego's like, let's go get him. Aragorn's like, nah. As he's putting on Bormir's clearly better armor, his, uh, uh, his gauntlets with the white tree of Gundol. He's like, no. We're gonna. We're not gonna abandon Merry and Pippin to torment and death. Let's go hunt some orc. Boom. And so Gimli, Aragorn, and Legolas go on for the next three days and nights pursuit. No food, no rest, uh, and they just start running after him. I, I don't get how they ran that far. They're just running. They're hustling. Frodo and Sam make their way to Gondor, and that is the kind of slow and I don't know. I didn't think it was the best ending, but it's. Ending, nonetheless, to the Fellowship of the Ring. Surprised I got that done in an hour three. Not bad. Not good. 
had a couple of hiccups, but hey, hopefully my phone has enough storage and all that jazz. And I hope you guys enjoyed this. The next one may or may not be the two towers. That might take a little bit longer and I might need to rewatch it because there's a lot of shit in that. Uh, also want to do Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. That would be a good one because I have a tremendous rant about Grandpa Joe and what a slimy scumbag that he is. But for now, I hope this is enough to waylay your thoughts. And while you're all in quarantine, hopefully you're able to get a couple laughs. And if you didn't like this, go watch the actual movie. This is only an hour a little bit over an hour. If you have a spare five hours, five to 20 hours, watch the extended version of The Fellowship of the Ring. God damn, I love those movies. But for now, thank you guys. Have a great rest of your day. Bye bye You lose! Good day, sir!